Welcome back to this week's Emily Show. Today we are talking about the identification of the remains of Brian Laundrie. He is the only person of interest in the murder of Gabby Petito and a lot of frustration on the interwebs about this discovery and this identification. A lot of questions. We're going to go through that timeline. The Laundry family attorney, Stephen Bertolino, has had quite a lot to say since this discovery. And things may still change. I'm recording this October 23rd. There may still be new information that comes out, and I expect there will. So I'll talk to you about what happened, what I think, and what the next steps are as we get into this episode, closing at least the manhunt for Brian Laundrie um, this week, which was news that was surprising to me. He was identified by dental records and remains faster than I thought. And there's a lot to break down here. So we should just get into it. I'm not even opening. We're not even doing a quote. We need to just, we have so much to talk about. We need to just get into it. Hey there, welcome to The Emily Show. I'm your host, Emily D. Baker, badass lawyer and everyone's favorite legal commentator, breaking down the legal shit in the news and pop culture stories you want to talk about. I've been a licensed attorney for over 15 years, I'm a former prosecutor, and I'm a big fan of the cursey words. So let's break it down. I would also like to share that The Petito family has put together the Gabby Petito Foundation. I have shared that in other episodes and we'll share all the links down below in the show notes as well. If you are interested in supporting the work that they are doing, creating a foundation that will help other families of missing children or, well, missing adults or those um, that are struggling to leave domestic violence relationships. I think it says a lot about the Petito family that in a time of horrible heartbreak, stress, and grief that they have spent the time to put together a foundation to try to put some good into the world with all the attention that this particular case has brought to help others. And there are so many others. And if you follow me on Twitter, you will see me sharing those. I know that News Nation, whose reporters have really been covering this case, have actually started a weekly episode focusing on missing person cases to try to bring the type of attention that was um, really brought to this case that helped in this case. I mean, the uh, the national attention did help this case. And I say that because it really was footage from another um, content creator from Red, White, and Bethune from a YouTube content creator that found where Gabby Petito's van was. And then she was discovered in that area and in such a massive search in such large parks Um, I have no doubt in my mind that that helped tremendously. Let's talk about what has happened in this timeline in October. In the last episode, I really went through the timeline of this case from the time that Brian Laundrie and Gabby Petito left on their van life road trip up until the time that she was, um, her remains were located, identified, her cause of death and manner of death were released. After that, the hunt for Brian Laundrie was still on. He had been indicted just with regard to the use of an access card. We learned first from statements of Laundrie family attorney, Stephen Bartolino, that the debit card used in that indictment was in fact Gabby Petito's debit card. Of course, that is an alleged use, which is sometimes hard for me to say because I'm like, 
yeah, but there would be video. <laughs> there would be video at the ATM. But he was not convicted of that. It was a grand jury indictment. Those charges were pending. That case is now going to be closed based on the fact that his remains have been identified and he is deceased. But that is kind of where we were in this timeline. On October 7th, 2021, Brian Laundrie's dad, Chris Laundrie, joined law enforcement at the Carlton Reserve in Florida to continue their search for Brian. On October 19th, this is where everything kind of picked up and started going very fast. The parks had been reopened. They had searched the area and reopened these massive environmental parks to the public. Brian Laundrie's parents notified law enforcement through their attorney on October 19th that they wanted to go back out to the Makahatchee Creek Environmental Park and did that on October 20th with law enforcement. There is a lot of speculation online about what the laundries did when they went out to this environmental park because of what they discover next. But law enforcement was with them um, and met them at the entrance to the environmental park. And the reason I'm calling it the environmental park is because the Carlton Creek Reserve is a very large area. This is a separate part The entrances are about 16 miles apart. These are very large areas, but I want to make sure that I'm clear that the environmental park is a different entrance, different location, different trails than Carlton Reserve, where lots of the search had been focused. And we will talk about that in a few minutes. So on October 20th, Chris and Roberta Laundrie went out to look for their son, they say, to go, well, through their attorney, to go walk the trails in that environmental park. And it was less than an hour into that, that they came across a hiking or camping dry bag that had items in it that belonged, they identified, to Brian. It was then that law enforcement in that same vicinity found uh, not only a backpack that was identified as belonging to Brian, but also human remains. We later learned that those were human skeletal remains, meaning they were bones. I'm not going to get too much into the details of that, but we'll get into some of the details as they are important. So that all happened on October 20th. Quite a lot of information came out that day. Um, There was a press conference. It was confirmed that the personal items found were Brian Laundrie's personal items, that the remains were partial skeletal remains, including a skull and or partial skull. And then on October 21st, the FBI confirmed that the remains were in fact Brian Laundrie based on dental record identification. Of course, you guys know that my husband, Dr. B is a dentist. He's a dental specialist. He actually took, which I had forgotten until we were talking about this case. He took some forensic dental courses because it was interesting to him the way that they uh, recreate or can recreate x-rays because x-ray, he was explaining to me that dental x-rays are very standardized. And so when you take a dental x-ray, whether it is of a person or whether it is of human remains, that those are very standardized and you can compare them. And things like dental fillings and crowns are very unique, have unique shapes. Um, They are hand done. So each filling is kind of a unique thing. And those all show up on x-rays and the orientation of teeth, the way teeth fit together. And the teeth are unique like a fingerprint and everyone's teeth are different. So having all of those things together, dental record identification is a 
complete and valid form of identifying uh, human remains. And so we had that conversation. I know there are some that are like, well, was it one teeth or a few teeth? Look, law enforcement had said that it is a partial skeletal remains, meaning it is not a complete skeleton with every single bone. I'm not surprised that this park was mostly underwater during a lot of the search. Well, not the whole park. This area of the park was underwater. And they were saying chest deep water, feet and feet of water. There are still questions about why cadaver dogs uh, weren't able to detect that there was a body there. But I think, well, I hope that those questions will be answered in the days and weeks to come. However, remains being underwater like this and the fact that this environmental park has all manner of alligators, poisonous steaks, people had caught pumas on their trail cams, amongst other things. I am not shocked that this was the state that things were found in in that park. Uh, the next day, October 22nd, the autopsy of Brian Laundry was completed, which seems fast, but just from going to autopsies and viewing autopsies and viewing autopsy reports, a lot of what is done in an autopsy is related to the tissues of the body, organs and weighing organs and taking tissue samples and uh, testing them for, you know, blood tests and tissue tests and all those types of things that aren't going to happen when there aren't tissues to test, when there aren't organs to measure. So it didn't surprise me that the autopsy came back very quickly. It also did not surprise me that the autopsy at this point has no cause of death and no manner of death. So we do not know um, what happened out in that environmental park and what caused the death of Brian Laundrie. His uh, remains have been sent out to an anthropologist so that they might have some more answers. And we will see what those reports say, whether they give us more of a date range of his passing, whether they explain the accelerated decomposition with regard to the water and the environment, which is not unusual. Um, and there have been lots of experts that have commented on the fact that this is not unusual given the circumstances of the environment. This area of the park was full of water. The water receded and remains were discovered. It is very strange to most that they were discovered by his parents, but Northport police have said that they believe that that was entirely coincidental. But also, it's just, it just leaves a lot of questions, doesn't it? Now, this particular part of the park, the environmental park, is where the Mustang was originally located. The Mustang received a um, abandoned vehicle citation that we learned about later, but that citation was on September 14th with the abandoned vehicle report. That was 16 miles from the Carlton Reserve, which is largely where law enforcement was searching. I still have questions about whether law enforcement was searching that area because that's where they were directed to or whether the laundry said, look, he liked this area with these two parks and law enforcement chose the reserve versus the environmental park. But if the vehicle is found at the environmental park, I don't know why that area wasn't the focus of the search or if it was because of conditions and water. And I hope that that becomes clear in the days to come. We do know that on September 15th, the laundries picked up the vehicle and took it back to their home. We also know that previously Northport police said that Brian Laundry was missing and they 
were alerted that he was missing on September 17th. Attorney Stephen Bartolino is now saying that he started working with the laundries on September 11th with regard to this. He also said that he has been their family attorney for 20 some years and has known this family for a very long time, but that he didn't start working with them with regard to this until September 11th, which is also the day that Gabby Petito was reported missing and was also the day that Northport authorities first went to the Laundry's residence and asked to speak to them. And they were directed to speak to Stephen Bertolino, the family attorney, and the Laundry's declined the request of law enforcement to speak with them. The attorney in recent interviews has not talked about what conversations, and again, conversations are privileged by attorney-client privilege, not um, sharing what was said in the time between September 1st, when Brian Laundrie is known to have returned back to Florida, and September 11th, when Gabby Petito is reported missing and he started working with the family, and then September um, 12th, 13th, 14th, because we know that the vehicle had that abandoned report on September 14th. There are timeline questions about the day that Brian went missing or that his family believed he was missing. And there are questions about when police were notified. The Laundries first told police on the 17th, based on Northport police, they told the police on the 17th that they hadn't seen Brian since September 14th, though now they say September 13th. So the date's changed, which is interesting because in recent interviews, Stephen Bartolino, the family attorney, said that he spoke to Brian Laundrie on both September 12th and September 13th. And it seems that the day that Brian went out hiking was September 13th. And then the car had that abandoned, abandoned vehicle report the next day. But the attorney now says that he told the FBI Brian was missing on September 13th. Well, if somebody goes out for a hike, what, did you wait three hours and then be like, oh, they're missing? Like, why was that determination made the same day? Like, at what time? I have so many questions about this. Because if he went hiking on the 13th, what made them believe that they needed to call the FBI and say he's missing when it hadn't even been overnight? You know what I'm saying? It's very, the timeline doesn't add up. And we know from an interview with Northport Police with Brian Enton that Northport Police is questioning the timeline that attorney Stephen Bertolino has put out there. I think that we will see this in police reports with public records requests in the weeks and possibly months to come after this, because yes, the hunt and the search for Brian Laundry is done. Yes, the case with the access card in Wyoming will be closed based on the fact that he passed. They will be waiting for a death certificate to close that case so they can officially close the grand jury indictment. But what Stephen Bertolino also said is that he's not going to be talking much more about this because there are still things to resolve with the FBI with regard to Chris and Roberta Laundry. Now, many have speculated and some vehemently believe that Chris and Roberta Laundry have um, obstructed justice in some way, aided and abetted Brian Laundry in some way. We don't know what they did or did not do. They're not obligated to speak to police, but they're obligated not to lie or mislead police. And with some of these wobbles in the timeline and with the potential that they may have pointed police to the other reserve and not the one where he was found, perhaps that's a question. And it was interesting to hear the way that the lawyer parsed, there are still things to resolve with the FBI. We now know from reporting from 
um, Brian Enton, who reports with News Nation and was at the Laundry's house for weeks, well, not at their house, at their neighbor's house, reporting on their comings and goings and reporting on this case, that police had actually put up surveillance cameras in neighboring properties to keep video on the laundry residence. So I think there are questions there about what the laundries have told law enforcement, what they might have or potentially did withhold from law enforcement, and what they knew. Because again, they're not obligated to say anything. They are obligated, if they do say anything, that those things be truthful and not misleading. And I'm very curious to see what comes um, in the weeks to follow with this. They are still a grieving family, though I know it feels very different from what the Petito family is obviously going through versus what the Laundry family is going through. But they were told in recent days that their son is deceased and they were in the area where his remains were discovered. And that is horrific for them. Um, I've seen lots of conversation online that this is not justice for Gabby. And I think that we're not there yet. Obviously, there's not going to be a trial for the murder of Gabby Petito if Brian Laundrie, and this is an if, if Brian Laundrie turns out to be the primary and only suspect. No one has been named a suspect in the murder for Gabby Petito the murder of Gabby Petito. No one has been named a suspect in that investigation. That investigation, as far as we know, is still ongoing. The FBI has not closed it. The FBI has not stated that Brian is the primary and only suspect. And these are things that might still come. And if it is that Brian is the primary and only suspect in her killing, then yes, the case will probably be closed because he is deceased. But that also gives the family hopefully a bit of closure because it doesn't pull them through a lengthy criminal process, a lengthy criminal trial, and having all of the details, including the coroner's report, the autopsy, some photos, out into a trial and out to at least some in the public, which can be a very traumatic event for families um, going through that criminal trial process. It is not easy. It is not... um, It is not something that makes most families feel whole, though a jury can say, yes, this person did this thing to this other person. I imagine that the Petito family has beliefs on what happened and is able to start processing those. And now knowing that Brian Laundrie is not going to be found, that he is not going to be saying anything with regard to this case, that he has been identified and he is gone, they can start to find those answers Um, either in what law enforcement releases or in what they believe and start to try to move on. And I think them starting the Petito Foundation shows that they are trying to do that. On an upside, or uh, there isn't really an upside, on a still outstanding, I suppose, there is a notebook that was found with the possessions of Brian Laundrie. And Northport Police has said that they are confident that that notebook is salvageable and there might be some information in there. We don't know what it is. There is speculation about whether he would have written out some form of a confession, an apology, a a note of some kind, but we still don't know. And I hope that there might be some answers in there. But given that Gabby Petito was last seen with Brian laundry, that the last time they were seen in public, they were having quite a fight at a restaurant, that she was 
killed in Wyoming where they were. She was killed by strangulation. He then apparently used her debit card and did drive her van back to Florida. I think a lot of people can come to the conclusion that, well, it seems that all signs point to Brian Laundrie is the last one that saw her alive and had her possessions after her death. And that all speaks pretty loudly. But that's all speculative. He's not been convicted, but he's also gone. So speculating after somebody is deceased for me is a little bit different. It just is. And it, it look, if I'm a prosecutor, I, I was a prosecutor, but if I'm the prosecutor looking at this, I'm like, well, what else do we need? And we might see the FBI making statements with regard to the Petito investigation. And I hope that we do. The Petito family also released a statement to uh, news sources, and that was reported by Kristen Thorne on Twitter saying that from the Petito family attorney, Gabby's family is not doing interviews or making a statement at this time. They are grieving the loss of their beautiful daughter. Gabby's family will make a statement at the appropriate time and when they are emotionally ready. I think that that's completely appropriate, and I appreciate that their attorney released a statement that was definitive. They are not going to say anything. They are grieving. They are going, literally going through the unimaginable and they will have to decide how to approach this. If, if I were their attorney, I would encourage and support them in waiting until we hear more from the FBI with regard to the investigation into the death of Gabby Petito, because there is no more investigation into the um, manhunt for Brian Laundrie. So that's really something that I would be waiting for. Let's see what the FBI puts out and when. And they have been slow to name a suspect in this case. And maybe that was because of the manhunt. Maybe it was because they were comfortable with having the warrant out for the fraud case. I don't know, but we will see uh, what they choose to do in the days to come. So we still will see if there's an anthropologist report. We will see what the FBI says. I think we will probably see more from Northport police. And then we will see what's in that notebook. So even though the manhunt is over, these cases are not done. Um, but I think that they are done enough for people to start, or at least the, the people directly involved, to grieve and start to move forward. Speaking of grieving, there is one thing that attorney Stephen Bartolino said in a interview that was very interesting. He was talking about the day that Brian Laundrie left and what Chris Brian Laundrie's dad told him that it was he went out for a hike on the 13th and that he was um, upset and grieving. Bertolino has since walked back that statement and said grieving were his words because he had done so many interviews talking about the Laundry family grieving the loss of Brian and that what he meant was upset and distressed. But he also said in interviews that when Brian left to go for a hike on the 13th, that he didn't seem suicidal. He answered that question directly, that there was nothing to indicate that he was in that frame of mind. But he also said that Chris Laundry told him, um, that Brian was upset and distressed and he wished he could have stopped him from leaving the house, but he couldn't stop him from leaving to go on a hike. So there have been some conflicting statements coming out just from Stephen Bertolino, and I will be keeping an eye on all of his statements and kind of pointing out in our updates on the YouTube channel live stream what, um, what I'm making of those and what I'm seeing because he has talked a lot. And maybe it's because he wants people to get off the laundry's lawn. Maybe it's because he feels that he needs to shift the narrative away from 
questioning the laundries. There's a lot of vitriol towards them for sure, but I don't know if it's helping because the more conflicts there are, the more questions that remain. The questions that don't remain is that Brian Laundry is deceased. His remains were identified. He was found in an area that had been covered in water. So I'm not surprised that it was a skeletal remains. And we will see if there is a cause of death, a manner of death, and a relative time of death. And that should give us some more answers. And we will see what the FBI says with regard to the investigation into the murder of Gabby Petito. Thank you for being a law nerd. I hope that that answered some of your questions. There are still so many, and I have them too. And that's a conversation that we have been having over on Patreon. The links are down below if you want to come join that conversation in the private law nerd community on Patreon. But it really, it's a lot to process. And I understand the frustration. I do. I don't think that anything untoward happened with the laundries discovering the items with regard to their son in that environmental park. I think it is a coincidence. I don't think Northport police was overstepping when they said this seemed like a coincidence. I am grateful, silver lining, I guess, that law enforcement was with them to close some of those questions. But we'll see what we learn in the days to come. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a Lawnard. Raise a glass with me. May your Wi-Fi be strong. May your toilet paper be plentiful. May your family be well. And may the odds be ever in your favor. Thank you for being a Lawnard. I'll talk to you in the next one, friend. <laughs>